and welcome to the latest episode of Mistress Mia's Dungeon. I'm your hostess, Mistress Mia. And you know, my late, my great, my... Late. <laughs> you were late today. Was I? Yes, John was I, buying fish today. I, had, I was on time. <laughs> Bullshit. Anywho. I got my stuff done. Late, great, red face, John. Red face? Yes, red face. <laughs> <laughs> Master John, Lord Valor, Johnny Hopkins. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Master John had an assistant today. <laughs> he great. started without me. I, I know. To I know. Jump in on top, but I got the meat. That's <laughs> fun, right? That meat part's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so today, joining us, we have the lovely, the gorgeous Misty Rain. Ms. Misty Rain. Oh, yes. Ms. Dot Ms. Oh, Misty Rain. Pardon de me. Excuse moi. You're right. God. It needs to be formalized. John, would you like to make the introduction to our no. lovely guest? No. Are you sure? I'm good. You're doing a fabulous job. <laughs> BDSM, like we always do. We talk about everything from CBT to submission to dominance to crazy people writing me emails and calling me at three in the morning. And yeah, we're just here today and we're going to get down to some brass tacks on everything. So, yes. Misty, please tell our listeners what your credentials are so they know you're not just some lady in here of the street. Right. <laughs> Uh, I am legit. I'm a professional. Um, I have a, a LPC from the state of Alabama, so it's a licensed professional counselor, um, and also do telemedicine. And so there are many states that have reciprocity um, and do telemedicine around the world, which is doing individual or group therapy over the internet. Um, I specialize in addictive disorders and marriage and family counseling. And then I also uh, participate in this lifestyle. Great combination. It is, it is an awesome combination. I do all my own research. So today we get to ask an expert. We do. All right. And this is going to be our first introduction to our season five. And we're going to see that we can get you here every week so that listeners can ask you questions and we can have a wonderful topic to talk about and ask you your professional opinion on. Right, Yay, because, me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've heard my advice to people and it's horrible. It's bad advice. Well, you know, it was interesting because we did we did the belly button episode the other day. Right. And John's final words were like, okay, enough with this bullshit. <laughs> Josh, fuck you. You know, it's like, okay, John. I tried so hard. We don't think of that of our listeners because, you know, we have, you know, 15 plus thousand listeners at this point. And um, we have... um, Gosh, we've, we're in 115 countries. And I will brag about that. I know. Isn't 80, that fabulous? We're up to 80,000. Yes. I think that's impressive. It is. Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I'm just impressed by um, the podcast that y'all put out, the quality of it, um, and, and just your personalities, how y'all really connect and play off of each other is, is 
my favorite part. Well, I carry her a lot. She's just... She's kind of a bitch. (laughs) Wow. I'm going to pay for that later. Okay. He's going to pay for that later, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Two words, nipple torture. No. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) No, fuck you, John. All right. So, John, read it to us. Tell us. Read it to you. Yes. Tell us. We're going to talk about BDSM uh, as a form of healing from trauma. Um, A lot of people tend to think that if you have someone who is masochistic or even sadistic, but mostly the, the masochist in a BDSM relationship, that they have a trauma history. And not everybody does. Most people don't, studies have shown. But the ones that do, BDSM can offer a profound healing experience for that trauma. If it's, if it's done right, you know, and, and you pay attention to the professionals. So there's some seriousness, but I think we're going to have fun with it. Though. Absolutely. But I have a question before we start, because you mentioned the submissive and the masochist being the one with the trauma. How often do you see where the dominant is the one that had the trauma and they're trying to pay back or they're trying to hurt other people yeah. because they were hurt? Yeah. Because that can be really dangerous. That can be dangerous. And, and I think it's important that um, a submissive really get to know the dominant before he or she is willing to submit. Um, I have experienced a dominant that that was really about inflicting a lot of pain. He was just very sadistic. And, you know, when when you're doing um, a scene and, and you're flogging or whipping or, you know, you start slow and you build up, mm-hmm. you don't just start beating the shit out of somebody, and which is what he did. Um, and, and so I knew that that was about him. And and that was about his background um, because it comes from a place of anger. It's not coming from a place of let's bring pleasure. You know, I want to do a little uh, pain and pleasure and kind of get you into a sub. No, it's about anger. And so, yeah, that can be about trauma. That can be about not liking women. It can be a lot about control, too. Yeah, it can Feeling be about a woman trying to... Yes. I want to make you do what I want. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So You're so smart, <laughs> Just stroke Don't, his ego. That's what I'm about to say. Stroke my ego. Look at <laughs> Make me smile a little bit. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a case study here. Cupcake Sinclair likes to be punished. As a professional submissive and fetish porn producer in Los Angeles, being tied up, spanked, and flogged is part of her, the job description. It's also what she does for fun. Last year, she became a somewhat of a FetLife celebrity when she produced and, sh- and starred in a fetish video that depicts a man nailing her breast to a wooden board as punishment, aptly titled Nailed. And this was in uh, 2017 yeah, that so the article like was written, so this ago. has been a while, yeah. yeah. Yes, it's painful, she says. Yes, they're screaming. The video is very real and undeniably unsettling for those not accustomed to watching a self-described pain slut have body parts nailed to a board. But it's the product of Sinclair's literal blood, sweat, and tears, she said, she tells me. And she continues to recreate this scene for live audiences at local L.A. 
fetish clubs for fun as a form of therapy. And as a form of therapy, yes. Oh, and as a form of therapy. Okay. So <laughs> this is an extreme. We don't always go this deep into um, into our episodes where we're actually nailing things to boards. We've seen them. We've talked about them. But this is an extreme example of pain and masochism. But she's using this literally as a form of therapy. So. Yeah, in in this article, it goes on to to talk, you know, just a little bit about her trauma. But she does have a trauma history, and and understand that she didn't just jump into submission and say nail my titties to the board. You know that she had to work up to this, and so learning how to endure pain can be extremely powerful for someone who has experienced trauma. Um, and and had this belief that they were not going to survive the pain um, or they weren't going to be able to handle the pain. And so there's this fear factor connected to pain. So if, if they're using this as a form of therapy, they're slowly pushing that trigger so that they can develop new meaning behind it instead of the meaning that was assigned to it when they were traumatized. Am I making sense? So it rewires the memory. It does. It does. It it falls along the lines of, um, and this is, you know, clinical terms, narrative therapy, um, you know, psychodrama, um, gestalt therapy. You know, those are forms of kind of rewriting um, the trauma. Right. So, I forgot what I was going to ask now, but as therapy, is it the submission or is it the pain that is the important part? No, both. I think that submitting to it is helping to recreate, you know, the fact that you had to go through this before, but when you're submissive and you're submitting, you have negotiated with your dominant. So you've talked about the scene, you've talked about your triggers, you've talked about the limit that you're wanting to push in that scene. The dominant's going to tell you whether or not they feel like they can do that. Um, you need to have a dominant that's sensitive to the triggers, that's sensitive to the trauma. It's always important if you have a trauma history to be upfront about that with your dominant. Yeah, and that's something I've heard from people before. They, well, I talked to a dom, and he said he's going to help me through this and this and this. And I'm like, so your dom told you that he's going to help you through your trauma, and he didn't even ask you to sit down with you long enough to figure out where that trauma was coming from. And did he tell you what his training is? Right. Because it's all about... Um, they can re- anybody can recreate the scene. Yeah. Bringing you through the trauma and bringing you out okay is a completely different thing. Right. So you want a dom that not only is experienced, but that's gone through training so that they're understanding the headspace that a submissive gets into. They understand how to bring it out. And then you have aftercare. So you've got to have a dom that really is into aftercare. So the whole nurturing helps to solidify how you have rewritten the trauma. Right. So you're taking a negative experience and making it into something positive. Correct. All right. 
So, <clears throat> continues on. So many of us shy away from pain. Being able to embrace it allows me personally to feel the catharsis I need, as well as to remind myself I'm stronger than any problems I might be going through. Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, you know, Mia knows this because we've talked about it. When I started out, you know, I didn't take a lot of pain. Um, but but the more that I was able to endure, um, actually, the more I wanted because it, you know, creates endorphins. Pain is not scary. It's the meaning we assign to pain. So if we pay attention to the endorphins that it creates and we can look at it as a positive that I'm going to get something out of it. And if we learn how to breathe through it, then um, it does make you feel like you were tough as shit, you know, <laughs> and, and decreases fear in everyday life situations. I'm tough as shit. I can take a lot. Right. I just, I just experienced that. this and made it through that you can't do shit to me. Right. Yeah. And I deal with chronic pain. So being a pain slut helps me to manage my chronic pain so that I'm not afraid of it. I don't go down the rabbit hole, you know, freaking out about it. Obviously, because you could get pretty depressed about it, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Depression's a huge factor with a lot of that as well. You, so you talked a little bit about the chemical releases in the in the brain. We talk about this a lot, too. People will self-medicate on medications, on illicit drugs, on all kinds of things. Do you find that BDSM is helpful because you can find ways to release those endorphins? You can find ways to release different types of chemicals doing different types of play. You can release adrenaline you can release uh, dopamine dopamine serotonin yeah. yeah so we know studies have shown exercise mm -hmm. releases dopamine and and you know healthy endorphins that help to decrease depression um, so it, it works the same way yeah it, it works the same way it's it's your body's natural release. So if, if we have a cut, you know, our body is going to immediately send, um, you know, things to heal that cut and to decrease the inflammation uh, and, and to decrease the pain. Because, you know, after you feel that pain, then it, it starts to die down the intensity, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it hasn't changed. You know, the cut's still the same. But the intensity dies down because you have all these endorphin releases that tell your brain, okay, it's getting better. It's okay. Mm. So it's what we train our brain to, to perceive. Right. All right. <clears throat> it says, when submitting to someone I trust, I'm able to let go of my anxieties. So I know for me, uh, a lot of times my anxieties will keep me from doing things that I really want to do. I have a lot of social anxiety. I know it's hard to tell on the podcast, but I do have a ton of social anxiety, especially in new situations. But when I'm in this environment, we're doing BDSM, we're at the parties, we're doing all these things. I put on a persona and I'm in my element and I'm able to do what I want to do. But it almost feels like it's because I've dissociated myself from what I'm doing. So 
is dissociation a positive or negative effect of well you're not really disassociating because um disassociating you know you totally leave your body and you're not quite aware of what's going on in the present but you are detaching i mean you you're doing something um where you take on a persona and you wear a mask Mm -hmm. and we wear masks in our everyday lives you know as a therapist that's one mask because i behave a certain way as a therapist you know as a wife as a mother um as a submissive and so yeah you know i create this persona in my head um and i play out that persona and so so we can play out the scene in our head and what do you want to get out of it, you know, and create the persona, act out the scene, and then reap the benefits. Yeah. So sometimes with our personas, for, for us to be able to get close to someone, we have to become vulnerable. We have to put that persona away. Mm-hmm. We have to let people see who we really are and give our authentic self to our friends and to our family. As a submissive, you really have to become vulnerable to become submissive. You have to let the dom take control. So what part does vulnerability play in the process of of healing and and finding yourself again? Well, if you have a trauma history, you don't trust. Um, And you're you're always on guard. You're hypervigilant. you know, you suspect somebody has ulterior motives. I mean, you don't want to be vulnerable. You don't want to let down your walls. You're you're guarded, um, and it's so hard to to just relax and and connect with someone. So, a submissive with a healthy dom, um, where these contracts have been negotiated, and that means a submissive is saying. I like this. I don't like that. Um, it would help me if you, the Dom comes up with suggestions, you know, how about if I talk to you this way or do you like it when I pull your hair? Um, so there's a level of trust that develops after negotiating a contract. Um, and then once you establish a relationship, the trust can grow. Um, And that's important because we need to learn how to be vulnerable and then recognize our strength in the vulnerability. Because actually, it's not so much about not trusting other people as we don't trust ourselves. And so a submissive who starts healing from trauma through BDSM is actually learning how to trust herself to know her limits. She's trusting her dom for when she says, hey, red or yellow or, you know, to hear that and follow through with that. And when he follows through, then she learns how to trust. And I use he and she because, you know, I I tend to be submissive and, you know, Master John (laughs) is a male. And yeah, so. Yeah, a lot of times in relationships, it's true. The male is the dominant and the female is the submissive. We do know a lot of, Mia knows a lot of submissive men just because she's dominatrix, she knows. So she knows a lot more submissive men than I do. 
But in general, a lot of people, that's the way they think. Yeah, well, the and is, I can be submissive to a dominant woman. I, you know, I've had a goddess before. Um, that it has to be a woman that knows how to dominate. It's, you know, my initial reaction to Mia is to be submissive. And so I have to pull back from that and, and say, okay, no, Mia, we're friends. You know, I'm saying that to myself. <laughs> you know, and I can I can be on an equal basis with her, but, you know, that submissive side still tends to come out because I love how she dominates. <laughs> yeah. You know. She thinks she's in control. <laughs> she likes to tell me what to do. <laughs> she's good. He's a good listener. <laughs> Not my very good doer, but I listen. <laughs> you know, I will interject and, and say this too. We had a, an, an incident with someone, with one of our friends, oh, so long ago. And she basically, she entrusted a, you know, dom. We always say wannabe doms. Right, you know? right. Because he really wasn't knowledgeable of of anything to do with the craft per se, and ultimately she she was in a situation that you know she regretted later, so to speak. Became abusive. Yeah, yeah. And you know she you know questioned herself and she questioned a lot of things. And like you say, it it was one of those things where she was wanting to trust herself, but then she couldn't speak up to use her safe word. Right. And that happens all the time, you know. Which is, I mean, what an example for needing a dom that is trained, that understands. And, I mean, my goodness, if you've got a trauma history, you need to be seeing a therapist. Very true. And a therapist that is familiar and has experience with this alternative lifestyle. And BDSM. All right. So, some individuals who've experienced sexual assault, discover BDSM as an essential part of the healing process, a means to reclaim their bodily autonomy, rebuild trust, and treat their PTSD in a controlled environment that's similar to yoga or meditation-based sessions. So explain that to us. Okay, so yoga and meditation um, is about breathing. It's about mindfulness. It's about staying in your body. So... When you're uh, when it's when you're doing a scene, um, you have to learn how to be in your body to experience the pain and pleasure. So, you know that helps when somebody's dissociating. Right. That's about. So instead of dissociating, you're living in the moment. You're right. experiencing what's happening. Right. And and it's about reclaiming, just just like you read, reclaiming your body, reclaiming your autonomy. So people have this misgiving about submission that we're giving up who we are um, to a dominant. No, we are reclaiming our autonomy and, you know, willing to allow a dominant, you know, the submissive is the one with the power, not the dominant. We've said that. We've said yeah. That. Because the submissive <laughs> sets the standard. Right. The submissive is the one that sets up, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. This is how far we're going to go. And they're the one that gets to say when it stops. Right. And so think about somebody who wasn't able to say no in their trauma. Now they're learning how to say no. They're learning how to say, I don't like that. And so that carries over into their new relationships. And, and it, it's a lot like, you know, when I started this podcast a year ago, 
I told my story and how I was kind of trying to run away from some of my the things that I needed to deal with. And I finally yeah, realized I one day I need to face it. I need to deal with it. So this is a way to face what happened and not only say I can deal with this, but I can push past this. I can do more than this. So the more that they do and the more that they can take, the more power it gives them. The more power it gives them, exactly. And it is about reclaiming your power. And and that's what I've found. I've found that um, it has helped me to appreciate my body, um, to, yes, stay in my body and experience pleasure, but I feel so powerful when I submit. I feel powerful if I'm pleasing my master. Um, yeah. Yeah, I lost my train of thought. It's okay. You're, you're just <laughs> about right. <laughs> it, it is about empowerment. It really is. And a lot of things, and I always talk about female empowerment in general. So, I mean, you're talking about being a submissive and being empowered. Right. Absolutely. And and it is, yeah, female empowerment and being a submissive are not two, you know, opposite apart, things. No, they they, they really work together well. Absolutely. You know, we talk about that a lot, too. You know, a lot of women will complain about uh, women's liberation and equal rights and everything. But being submissive, especially during role play, has nothing to do with being the weaker sex or being no. beneath somebody else. So uh, she goes on to say she's able to reclaim her sense of strength and power through submissive role play. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Having my comfort level, my consent, and my body treated with such deep reverence and respect was the gateway to giving myself permission to feel sexual pleasure again. This was something I had truly shut down after my trauma. Exactly. For me, um, you know, because of my trauma, I always felt victimized. Even if I was consenting to a sexual encounter, I still felt like a victim, and I wasn't able to truly be present during um, sex. Uh, and so this has helped me. Of course, getting remarried to a man who honors you and and, um, and you learn to trust, then it became easier. But submission definitely... Um, what was I saying? <laughs> and I'm not high. <laughs> Shit. No, you're talking about female empowerment and you as a submissive right, with right. your trauma. So yeah. I no longer feel like a victim. Yeah. Um, and and seeing how much pleasure I can bring a master. You got distracted with pleasure, didn't you? I know. I know. I totally, <laughs> I, you know, I was totally She's thinking about being submissive. Now, now she's getting a little misty. <laughs> I've got a scene in my head. My nipples are hard. I mean, shit. They sure are. That's great that I did that right in the middle of the podcast. And thanks for calming me out here. You know, you're you're an attractive woman. You've been a submissive woman. You know, this is kind of, it encompasses you in so many ways. Just what we're talking about. You're talking about, you know, dealing with trauma and, you know, having these needs and urges but still, you know, being yourself and finding yourself, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And Mia, I mean, you were one of the first 
people that I talked to about this, you know, and you helped me. I mean, we just, we discussed it and you helped me understand the experience and look at you. Don't give me credit. Well, okay, shit. I take all the credit. And, And when I was figuring this out, there were no studies out there. Yeah. Because I was like, oh my God, I've, I've got to help my patients with this. I've got to introduce BDSM to everybody. <laughs> but it had to be evidence-based, you know. Or, we've got or, a lot of evidence. We really need to work on that book. I, I know. <laughs> Just saying. I we've know. talked about this talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to write a damn Absolutely. good book. Absolutely. But now there are all kinds of studies, so I'm just thrilled. And and so it's evidence-based and professionally, I do help patients um, and talk about BDSM and help them understand their trauma and guide them um, into healing from that. So based on your experience Mm -hmm. and submission, after your trauma, did you feel like you had to submit because that was your role? That was your duty. I have to have sex with this person because that's what I'm supposed to do. Is that a, no? Is that a form I had of to submission? have sex with them because I was scared of them getting angry and what they would do. So, because of my fear of somebody getting angry and being upset with me then I would do whatever. And we've heard that before mm-hmm. from, from other women. You know, we had a very good friend of ours and she, you know, she always knew, you know, she was victimized for years as a child <clears throat> from the time she was four or five years old. And, um, you know, she would talk about how, you know, feeling that, that sense of, I don't want to upset this person. Right. I, I have to do what I have to do. Because something to bad it. will happen. That's it. That's it. So try to explain to us what the difference is between submission because you feel like you have to and submission because you want to. Yeah, submission because I choose to. Right. So it's all about choice. That's the healing part. The healing part is knowing that you have a choice. And, And you're dealing with, you know, what you think would be an angry situation, but you've already negotiated it out and so you don't have to be afraid because you're playing a role right and so is the dominant and they're not going to do things that you that are too much for you right that's, then, that's why we call them limits it's too much you can't absolutely. do that if right you've got the power to right. say what the fuck you know yeah. i told you no exactly right. but you get a chance to explore you can explore yourself you can explore your feelings and your emotions in that moment. I think it's one of one of the best ways to explore, it, but it has to be a safe environment, has to be a safe person, and I really encourage having a professional that can guide you and, and kind of um, tell you ways that you can explore slowly so it's safe. Well, I'm sure I love them. Why is that? Because I'm not a professional. <laughs> no, nobody should ever let me play with it. <laughs> I'll teach I'm you, John. Oh, thanks, Misty. Yeah. <laughs> Misty will teach you a whole lot. Good, because the shit you teach me is bullshit. And I'm tired of it. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Good thing to tell people. I just want to be a dragon, damn it. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, do we need a recap on that? A recap? Yes. Do we need yes. a recap? You're full of shit. I want to be a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> wow. So one final question on this, Misty. So so you've you've dealt with people with trauma situations. You you prefer people to play into BDSM. I do. Um and I've found that there are more people that have played with a little kink and so they might be a little bit more open to it. I also help couples that are having problems sexually. Um, you know, especially the women that don't orgasm. So we talk about how to get in touch with their bodies because a lot of women, trauma or no trauma, disconnect from their bodies during sexual experiences. And that's one of the reasons they have difficulty having an orgasm. Every woman should experience an orgasm. And the ones that say, well, I've never orgasmed, honey, I'll tell you how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We've, we had a comment uh, from one of our friends who said, I don't know what the big deal is with sex. It's not that great. And I said, oh, you're, you're not doing it right. I know. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> bodies we were made for sex. Your face when you said that. Yeah. Well, she said in front of John and I, and we, you know, we don't want to like king shame anybody, but I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. we had to wait till she walked out of the room. We're okay. Like, just why did she do it in bed? So I'm going to take, take back something I said earlier. We are professionals. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're telling you you're doing it wrong, you're doing it fucking you're wrong. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> But, you know, I do love that. I think that, you know, we brought up this topic, too, because obviously you're credited for it. You you know these things, and it's important to tell people. They need to be informed. And, you know, John and I, we can, we can talk all we want about telling people they need to play with the right people. They need mm-hmm. to know that who they're playing with, they can trust them and that kind of thing. But, you know, ultimately... I mean, it's it's such great advice. It's professional advice from your opinion, and we truly value that. Well, thank you, know, you. Thank you. Yourself. We love I that you're totally here. Totally enjoy it. We love you being here. It's great. It's I love learning so out and being able to have an intelligent conversation. Yeah. Not like with you. Oh. So true. So true. <laughs> Fuck you, John. Okay. Fuck you, Bessie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, thank you again, Misty, for joining us. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. All the pleasure. Go ahead, John. I'm all out of pleasure. <laughs> all out of love and all out of pleasure. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> thank you all for joining us. Thank you for putting up with me a shit. <sighs> Misty and I were great, but me and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> John's not going to be on the next episode or any other episode after that. Oh, yeah? Like, really? Tonight. Really? What happened last time I wasn't on? You cried. I did. <laughs> Shut up, John. <laughs> we all cried. <laughs> yeah. Until next time, make all your... I don't know. 
What kind of fantasies are we having today? All your pleasure fantasies. Pleasure there fantasies. You go. All your submissive. Till next time, BDSM. make all of your pleasure misty fantasies Pain. become realities. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>